You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Chris Jennings. Today, joining me once again is Ducks Unlimited Magazine shotgunning columnist, Phil Bergele. Phil, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. And I asked Phil to join me today because uh, we've had this conversation, even in some earlier podcasts, but didn't really dive into it a whole lot. You know, Phil's mentioned that he has, you know, picked up a couple guns here and there, and we never really got into the real depths of, uh, you know, shopping for for guns for waterfowlers and phil wrote a column a couple years back and it's called gun buying tips for waterfowlers and i thought this would be a good topic especially during the off season to talk about some ways and some different approaches that um you know people take so phil you know you buy a lot of guns um, I should say that loosely. I don't, it doesn't sound right, does it? It sounds like a Lord of War over here or something like that. Uh, a lot of shotguns, I should say. I'm, I'm a serial gun owner. Let's go with that. Uh, and I don't have very many, but they're always changing. Um, and it's just, it's just kind of fun for me. Yes, I have bought a lot of guns. I have gotten rid of a lot of guns. Uh, and you know, if it, if it weren't for used guns, I wouldn't have any guns at all. I, that's, that's always what I want to look at first when I go to a store, just both because I, I like some of the older guns not, not, and that's where the deals are. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a price point deal. And, you know, even in your column, you talk about new guns and there are some ways that you can, you know, maybe get some deals, uh, kind of talk about that of how we, if you were to approach buying a, a new waterfowl gun, you know, what, what are you doing? What's the approach that you're taking? Um, if I want to buy a new gun and, and get a deal on it, I'm going to be, I'll be patient. Uh, I'll be watching. I'll be seeing what guns sit there in the rack and don't move. And some guns, I don't understand why, why they don't. But my perfect example, my local store had, they had two Beretta A400s, which I think is a terrific gun. Nobody bought them. Everybody wanted a new SBE3 or whatever. And then these guns just sat there. And the guy who finally bought one got it for about wholesale. You know, every, every week that gun sits on the rack, at a gun store, they're losing money on it. I'm saying be patient. If you don't want to, if you want to get a deal and you're, you think that gun's not going anywhere, look for a gun that's been there for a while and don't be afraid to make an offer on it. That's what I would do if I was, if there was a, a, a new gun that I really wanted. Now you can shop around. There's a lot of people that, you know, like to, like to shop around on the internet and everything. Uh, it's another way to do it, certainly. Um, then you're adding in transfer fees and other stuff, but, uh, if there's one locally and you have your eye on it and you can convince yourself that if, if somebody else buys it, that was meant to happen, uh, <laughs> and just let it sit there for a while. Let it gather dust for a while and then uh, go in and say, look, nobody's buying that gun. Let me uh, let me take it off your hands for you. That's the shopping equivalent to playing the long game. You're, it, uh... it is. It is the long game and it does pay off. And, uh, you know, say some guns and and. Really perfectly good guns 
for some reason won't sell uh, at some stores. I was going to say it could be just a matter of region or timing or, you know, um, there's just so many different factors. So, uh, I'd recommend people keeping that in mind. But, you know, one of, one of your favorite approaches and, and mine as well. I'm, I'm guilty of this too. Um, but used guns, you know, buying a used gun, there's a lot, there's, there's some pitfalls to this. Um, and, and, but what are you telling people who, you know, if someone's asking you like, Hey, I'm looking for a used waterfowl gun, what's your first step? Uh, you know, actually first step is often talking them into a used gun. A lot of people are afraid of used guns, uh, afraid they'll get a lemon, afraid that, you know, there must be something wrong with it if somebody got rid of it. And that's, you know, I say, I get, I get rid of guns all the time and sometimes it's, I'm tired of it. Sometimes it's because, you know, I had to sell guns to pay for dog surgery. I've had to, you know, and people get old. Their kids don't want their guns. There's all kinds of reasons people get rid of guns. And that's, you know, that's where the deals are. So that's the first thing is uh, convincing people to buy something used rather than new. Let somebody else put those first dents on the, you're just going to beat it up anyway, if it's a waterfowl gun. So to me that those first few scuffs or those are a bonus. (laughs) Then I don't have to get upset the first time I scratch it. Uh, cause it's all, it's already been dinged up. Uh, second, I'd say if, if it's something you're anxious about, you know, buy it from a reputable dealer, buy it with somebody with a brick and mortar location and find out what their return policy is. Uh, and a lot of places will, uh, you know, some places will take, take back gun for any reason. Um, you know, we work through them and, uh, and, and, and some won't, but they all, well, they'll all have a return policy of some kind and find out what it is. And if you don't like the gun, you can bring it back or if there's something wrong with it. Um, what I've done a lot too with guns is if I find something wrong with a gun, um, you know, I try to look it over pretty carefully. And if there's something that's not right about it, I will either tell them that I want it fixed before I buy the gun or, or will knock some, knock something off the price to, uh, you know, so that I can afford to make it right. Yeah, double checking all that stuff, you know, kind of looking the gun over, doing that. But, you know, in your column, you also mentioned that you're playing that same game um, with the dealer as well. The longer that gun's been sitting there, you know, the better off you might be. So uh, that's something for people to to take into account. And and also from my experience, you mentioned, you're right. There's a lot of people who are very hesitant to get into like, Hey, I'm going to, I want a new waterfowl gun, but I'm going to buy a used gun. Um, that's, I'm not going to say it's uncommon, but you know, you're right. It's hard to convince people to get into used waterfowl guns. But from my experience, you know, a lot of the guns that, that are sold back to stores as used guns, um, you know, they're coming from someone who's probably decided maybe they don't, either like the gun or they're not as avid a hunter as they thought they were going to be. Um, and so, you know, you, you've got guys who are buying, let's say a new a 400 or a new SV three, um, you know, and that gun may have only had, you know, several hundred rounds through it, you know, so you got to yeah, think about that. Well, even, even to go back to that, that example, I was the, those Beretta a 400s, one of the ones, the guy was, I was the store the other day, the guy was telling me about, it, he said, one of the guys, someone finally bought it. He took it home. All his friends hunt with Benelli's. They, they gave him a hard time about it. He didn't want it anymore. He brought it back, got his money back. Um, or they didn't give him all his money back, but, um, they traded it back in and, and, uh, on a new, a different gun. And that did nothing wrong with that gun. It's a great gun. So yeah, there's all kinds of reasons that, uh, and, and if you 
spend some time looking at a gun and look for obvious signs of abuse, usually they'll be all right. Um, you know, you want to make sure that the, the barrels aren't dented and bulged. And uh, one of the things I've learned is that, you know, I always make sure the choke tubes come out of a gun. I think we've talked about this before, but uh, those will, especially in a waterfowl gun that gets wet, those will, those will rust in and that's an expensive it's expensive to get them out of the gun, and sometimes it wrecks the barrel. Sometimes it can't be done. Uh, that's something to, to really look at. If you're looking at, at older guns, uh, older semi-autos, make sure they've got all the parts inside. Um, some of those guns will shoot without parts, you know, without some of those rings and things missing. Um, I would look at um, the older guns that have to be either have the friction rings changed or have different gas pistons or whatever. If it looks like a gun's been shot a lot with the light load piston or the light load ring set up, there's a good chance that someone did that. You know, they all, those will always work with heavier loads. Uh, there's a good chance someone just figured the gun shot better that way. And, and that shooting heavy loads with the light rings, or the light gas setting or whatever, in place is a good way to, to damage a gun, you know, to, to batter a gun in the long term. So that would be a red flag or certainly something to, to worry about. With brake action guns, you always want to make sure the action is tight. And I'll usually, I'll usually take the fore end off. You can, first you can look at the top lever, which on most guns, you know, we'll start over about five o'clock when the gun is new and, and as it wears, it'll move around till it's, you know, six o'clock pointing straight back at you. But I'll also take the fore end off and just, Take the, take the grip in one hand, the barrels in the other and, and, you know, wiggle the gun and make sure it's tight that way too. To make sure the action is still tight. Um, extractors, you can, you know, make sure that the extractors are sharp and the spring is tight. It's, changing extractor isn't a big deal, but it's, it's a headache if you have to, uh, you know, if you have a gun that doesn't extract, uh, you know, make sure the safety goes off easily. That's, again, that's an easy thing to do to have fixed, but, it's something you want to do and it's something you shouldn't have to pay for. Make sure that if they've got a gunsmith at the store, tell them that the safety's too stiff. I did that with a gun I bought just last summer. Um, another, another thing to look for, to be uh, cautious about is if you see that someone's been tearing up the screws, uh, the slots are all messed up, it means someone who maybe doesn't know what they're doing has been inside that gun. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. And so that's something you want to think about. It doesn't mean the gun is you know, automatically bad, but it's it's a it's a warning sign. Um, and then, um, again, with waterfowl guns, if you can get the stock off, especially um, synthetic stocks are, are bad about this they will, uh, because they leak and they're hollow. Uh, someone's been dunking the gun a lot and water gets in. You might find that the, the spring tube or, you know, in a semi-automatic is all rusted and the spring is rusted. Uh, make sure that that's that's clean, you know, pull the stock off and look inside and make sure that that's still dry in there or, or hasn't been, uh, hasn't been water in there for, for quite a while. So those are some of the, some of the things I look at when I look at a gun. Yeah. And there's lots of ways to approach this and, and you kind of get into in this column, you can even get into gun shows and online auctions. And, um, you know, one thing that really jumped out to me is, you know, a very common site that, uh, website that, you know, I hear a lot about now is gun broker. Um, and you have some recommendations there that are just like, um, you, you can call them and talk to sellers, you know, and that's something that people should do. Yeah. And again, uh, most of those places are stores that are also selling their guns online. Um, you know, I did, I know a guy who, 
I think it was a Remington SB10 he bought from a, a private seller, and it just never showed up. And the man kept his money. Uh, and that can happen. It's much less likely to happen if you're buying from an established business. You know, they have, they have a reputation. They're, they're caught conscious of it. And you look at their, look at their seller ratings, uh, and, and make sure it's an actual gun dealer that's got the gun you want and not just somebody selling a gun. Not, not that you can't get guns from people like that, but you have to be careful and you have less recourse with an individual like that than you would with a, with a store. So you have to be careful. Um, the other thing, you know, if, if you're buying or selling guns, um, the more pictures you can look at, the better. I mean, it's not the same as looking at the gun, but, but that just, you, that, that gives you a little better idea of what you're getting so that you don't get a gun. There's no surprises when it shows up, uh, in terms of its condition. If everything is, if you have a chance to look at everything, photographs beforehand, or certainly if you're selling, you should always do that because that gets around a lot of misunderstandings. But, uh, yeah, I know it can be done. A lot of my friends buy guns online all the time and uh, and have had really good. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Experiences. This kind of leads us into our next conversation is you're buying an old gun or maybe you've got an old gun that you're thinking about selling, but rather than selling, you know, um, let's customize. Let's talk about, you know, giving a makeover to um, an old an old waterfowl gun. And, and you did this as a feature several years back, which has been highly popular and people can check it out at ducks.org. It's called the great duck gun makeover. Um, and you took an old 870 or Remington 870 super magnum that it sounds like you had bought used um, and you modified it. You know, you put so many different, you put modifications on there that I didn't know that you could even modify some things. Um, but kind of, let's walk through that. And that may give some people some ideas to, you know, take an old duck gun that they don't use a lot and start using that thing. It was a fun project. It really, and the 870 is a great gun for that because there are so many parts available for it. And, and everybody has one, at least one. Um, and so I started with that gun. Actually, the first thing I had to do with that gun, um, like a lot of older, or not older, but 10, 15 year old 870s, it had a, a sticky chamber. Uh, and I took, told my gunsmith I wanted to fix it. And he said, I'm tired of fixing it. I'm going to send it back to Remington and make them fix it. So he did from, and that didn't cost me anything. It came back from, uh, from the factory with the, the chamber all polished and, uh, it, you know, it functions beautifully now. And, and to make it even better and, and more positive, I did. Chain, you know, in the tactical world's got a lot of parts for 870s too. And so I found a, a machined extractor. You know, the, the standard 870 extractor is an ex- injected metal piece that they, they can break. Uh, this one, this one will never break. It is, it is sharp. It is machined steel. Cost me 20 bucks. I put it in myself. I, I think it, you need to use a ballpoint pen or something to, you know, that's the one tool you need. I just, so I did that to it. Um, I changed, you know, the uh, the magazine tube in a gun is a place that can get a lot of attract a lot of debris and and junk and I, t- I took out so I took out the old spring which is actually was in pretty good shape and I put a 
I think it was a sure cycle magazine spring and a aluminum follower in it. Uh, I did the, um, the Timney trigger fix. I'm not big on light triggers, but I thought you know, I'm pretty insensitive when it comes to pulling triggers, but I thought as long as I was doing this, I should. Uh, and I, uh, so it's got a nice four pound clean, four pound trigger. Then other stuff like the carrier dog spring, which is, you know, helps the, the carrier go up and down. There's, that's a, a part that a lot of police departments change out. And I thought, well, if it's good enough for them, I may as well have one too. Never had a problem with my carrier, but I'm not going to now. So those are, those are some things I changed that way. Then I sent the gun down to Rob Roberts, who did the forcing cone and did the, the pattern testing and choked it. And, uh, he was just then, I know he does a lot more of it now. He was just then getting into seracoding and dipping. And this was, this, this was enough years ago that having an 870 with a, a bottom land stock and a seracoded barrel and receiver, it was like, I was the only one who had one and it was pretty cool. I was going to say, you, you may have set the trend there, Phil. I mean, are you, are you a trendsetter now? <laughs> I, I guess, uh, cause there's a lot of them now. He was, he had done that. I remember seeing his turkey gun, I think it was like a Benelli, uh, that he'd done that too. And that was the only gun I'd seen like that at the time. And he said, I said, dip it. He said, no, I'm going to do something else for you. You're really going to like this. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else we did other than you know, sling swivel studs, which uh, I think the gun had came with. So that's always something to good to replace, though. You know what I've noticed in a lot of older guns and what I should say, well used waterfowl guns, those sling swivel studs. I, you can start seeing a little bit of rust in those. They do get rusty. They're hard to clean. They are. They are. And I think that's probably a lot. That's probably why you see a lot of little rusty spots on those things because they are hard to clean. But that's that's an easy fix for someone, you know, especially if you're looking to buy a used gun and you notice that and you're like, oh, man, I could fix that or someone, you know, that's an easy fix to get past it. Uh, but you also re- replaced the recoil pad on that thing. I did. I put a... I can't remember what it was, a limb saver or what it was. It was, there's so many, um, factory, uh, you know, recoil pads, no gunsmithing recoil pads that you can buy now. That's an easy fix for a lot of guns. You can buy one that's sized to a particular gun. And that's easier with a wooden stock gun than it is a lot of times with a synthetic gun. If you want to add a pad, because sometimes they're not, this is getting better. Guns are getting better now about that, but sometimes adding a pad with a different screw placement is is hard on the synthetic guns you have to, something you have to be careful about but it can be done i did it's a different gun i did a super x2 also and that was the one where i had to have a gunsmith we wanted to change the pad and um he had to actually put a steel plate bar uh, the the went the, the whole length of the the butt and screw that into the old holes and then drill new holes to accommodate the new pad which wound up costing way too much and uh, say, but now I know we're talking about used guns, but, but newer guns are more and more of them are made where the end of that synthetic stock is solid so that it's easier to cut and it's easier to put different pads in. That really kind of leads you into one of the other modifications that you did that is fairly common on new waterfowl guns. Now, I mean, you, you replaced the original 870 safety with an oversized safety, which is just, and that it's a cool little thing, but you know, like like you said, you, you see a lot of newer guns coming out with some of these oversized features. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's certainly there's again the the tactical world is uh, if if you have an an eight seventy or a Mossberg or um, Benelli M two is another one. There's more stuff made for the Beretta, some of the Beretta guns too. Uh, there's all kinds of ergonomic parts like that that you can get. Uh, you know that have come over. 
from the world of three gun and from tactical shooting, um, I have an 835 Mossberg 835 that I hunt turkeys with, and I put a found a really neat tactical safety for that. That um, it's got a little tab that sticks up in the middle. It's real positive and really really easy to uh, to take off. But you know, those parts are out there, and that's part of the fun of a project gun like that is is finding things like that that you can put on your gun and make it different from everybody else's. Like you said, you know, if you're even if you're shopping for a used gun or if you've got one laying around, I mean, there's this is really the time to do it. You know, during the off season, during the summer, um, you can make so many different modifications to these. And and I notice I'm I'm looking at the piece now, and you 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 did switch the beads out. That was because I thought I might want needed need to take a turkey hunting someday. Uh, I put a put a white bead on the front and a middle bead so I could I could line those up if I ever actually had to aim the gun at a turkey. And then, you know, the other thing that we didn't talk about is, is making the gun fit. You can, you know, obviously you can alter the stock. Um, easier to do with wood than it is with plastic, but can be done with plastic to some extent. Uh, and make sure that the gun is, you know, at the very least the right length for you. It's another, another thing you can do with your gun just to make it yours and to make it a little more effective when you take it hunting. Yeah. And you really, I mean, you turn this thing into, uh, you know, really a, an all around, you know, I think in the piece, it's considered a foul weathered gun that that you're probably not going to hesitate. You know, you don't have you have money in it, but you don't have as much money in it to where you're going to be worried about if it falls in the boat or leaning up against a blind or something like that. I mean, with that Cerakote finish and and you've really changed it into something that is is unique. And and that's something that, you know, you can you know, everyone can do, they can make their gun a little more unique. And I think that's, and I'm seeing a lot more of that, um, over the course of the last five, seven years, you see people, um, kind of modifying their gun to fit almost their personality. You can kind of look at people's guns. Um, and, and do you think that that trend is really just because like you mentioned, there's so many available parts or do you think, you know, it's just something that guys are just enjoy tinkering with some of these things and, and making them their own. I think it's both. Uh, tinkering with guns is just kind of fun. It's a good off season project. Let's you think about duck hunting in the spring and summer. And it does, you know, it will make your gun and you see your friends doing it and, and it's, Sure. It's just, it's just a, another, another way to stay in touch with the sport in the off season and, and to uh, maybe have a little more success in the fall as well. Absolutely. Do you have a, a gun project going on now? I'm just curious. The only project I have in mind is I want to get a bunch of uh, bismuth shells. I picked up a 16 gauge model 12 last year and then decided I really didn't want to hunt birds with a pump and I would hunt ducks with it. And so I'm thinking that might be my, my duck gun this fall. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's a cool gun right there. Yeah, it is. Uh, th- there's plenty of options out there for that uh, uh, 16 in the bismuth. I mean, there's a bunch of companies out there who are offering some pretty good loads for waterfowl hunting. I'd be pretty confident with that, you know, once you once you get comfortable shooting it for sure. Yeah, so that, that's my, you know, it's not, not, a, not a project like a modification, but that's, uh, I did have to have, you know, I'm left-handed, so I had to find a, a left-handed safety for it. And there are some Model 12s. There are tremendous oversized safeties for those. I did not know that until I, now I've got, I have a heavy duck also. So I've got one on each there. You know, they, they look like the, the tread of a hiking boot. They're huge <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and really easy to find and take off, you know, when you're in the blind, even if you've got gloves on or whatever. So I did, I did do that to that gun. Otherwise it's a, you no, know, it's, it's, I'm, it's a 1959 gun. I'm leaving it the way it is. 
Cool. Well, hey, Phil, this has been great. Um, I think this is just kind of gives people off season ideas for, you know, not only buying guns, but also modifying. Maybe they got one in the safe that um, they haven't shot in a while and, and maybe, you know, look at modifying those. So I, I think this has been a very helpful and, and educational conversation. Good one. And you're, and you're right. This is the time to do it. Not uh, not the week before the season starts. I'd like to thank my guest, Phil Berzaley, Ducks Unlimited Magazine shotgunning columnist, for joining us today and talking about buying waterfowl guns, buying used waterfowl guns, and modifying something that you may have in the safe. I'd like to thank Clay Baird, our producer, for getting the podcast together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us and supporting wetlands conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.